My name is Humble Gray, and I am a Mississippi farmer. Hello, friends, and I hope you are my friends, even in my darker moments as you find me now. For old Farmer Gray, he's in a different state of mind this afternoon, far from his usual cheerful self. He is, in fact, in a sorrowful mood and a penitent one, for he has engaged, I reluctantly confess, in malicious tomfoolery. That's right, folks. Even yours truly, steadfast agrarian and respected member of the community, is not immune to the siren call of malevolent horseplay. And please forgive me, but I've had a sip or two of homemade just to ease the agonizing pain of guilt. Before I elucidate, let me give you some background. You may recall, dear listeners, from a previous broadcast that I had a bit of a run-in with the young assistant clerk at the Seed Co-op, that I had counseled the lad to remove plastic figurines, i.e. bobbleheads of popular sports figures, with which the lad had bestrewn his desk, thinking it a frivolous fancy, one unfit for serious environs. And I believe I recounted how the youngster had lied, lied to Farmer Gray, having only through perfidious trickery pretended to toss away those callow toys, and that, due to such recalcitrance, I had no choice but to spank this boy of nineteen years on his bare bottom, right there at the seed co-op. And you may remember that said chastisement took place in full view of the Lady Social Society, our local Girl Scout troop, the boy's own mama, and his lovely girlfriend. And how his mama, horrified that his actions had provoked castigation from yours truly, ejected him from their home, while his bride-to-be, equally aghast at his behavior, refused his proposal of marriage and vowed never to set eyes on him again. Well, subsequent to these events, the boy ended up sojourning in a mental facility in Tupelo, and I cannot help but think this occurrence to be tangentially related to my actions— So I was glad to hear several weeks later that the lad had been released and was back at his job. In celebration, I gathered my fellow farmers, Farmer Red, Farmer Dave, Farmer Bo, and Farmer Lem, to visit the co-op and welcome the boy back to the community. Welcome him back with open arms. Well, ladies and gentlemen... It didn't go so well. Oh, it started okay. The boy turned white as a sheet when we entered, but seeing our intentions were friendly, soon relaxed. A bit at least. I hope, says I, that you understand the intent of my chastisement was education, not persecution. Well, says the boy... My psychiatrist at the hospital learnt me to put aside anger and move on with my life. Sound advice, says I. 
Mind you, says the lad, the doctor says one more incident like that, and I would surely suffer a permanent psychotic break. I don't know what that is, says I, but it certainly sounds dire. Welcome back to the world, child. Welcome back with open arms. Thank ye, sir, says the boy. Just one thing, youngster, says I, noting his state of attire. I see that you are wearing overalls. Now, don't you know that the donning of overalls is a privilege reserved only for men of the plow, farmers like the five of us here? Since you are a clerk, not a farmer, it would behoove you to go home immediately and change into a more appropriate ensemble. Well, for some reason, this very sensible demand set the tyke off. Listen, farmers, says he, I am a grown man. My psychiatrist told me so, and you and your ilk hold no dominion over me. No, sir, I'll wear what I please, when I please, and where I please, and you shall have no say in the matter." But lads, says I, trying to maintain the spirit of amity, overalls are as sacred a uniform as any military apparel, and to wear them when you are not indeed a farmer is akin to stolen valor. I, says the boy, am a strong and independent grown-up, according to my therapist, and for the sake of my mental health, and to avoid a psychotic break from which I would never recover, I will not be threatened, bullied, or cajoled by a bunch of no-account plow jockeys. Well, the room went quiet in the face of such defiance. That is, until the calm and measured voice of Farmer Red broke the oppressive silence. Now then, says he, I have a reasonable solution to this seemingly irreducible stalemate. I just happen to have a fine set of clothes in my vehicle that would perfectly suit, no pun intended, this independent-minded young man. Well, it sounded like a most equitable solution, and though the assistant clerk protested, we, his elders, eager to see the boy's rectitude reclaimed, hurried to Red's truck to retrieve said apparel. Now, I can't quite account for the whys and wherefores of what happened next. I, I can only say that I am sorry, so sorry that before I realized what was happening, the five of us had stripped the lad naked and redressed him in a frilly pair of rumba panties and shiny Mary Jane shoes obtained from our friend's pickup. Just caught up in the moment, I guess, and frankly, I don't even know why Farmer Red had such a tire in his vehicle, and in adult size, too. Drives around with frilly panties and Mary Janes at the ready, I suppose, just in case though just in case of what, I couldn't say. And I am doubly sorry, boy, that we then took you to my farm, strapped you to the antique horse plow, and made you pull it for over five acres, still in nothing but those rumbas and shiny shoes. And I really regret that as you struggled exhausted to yank that plow across the field, the five of us kept shouting, Now he looks like a real farmer, don't he, boys? That was uncalled for. 
no matter the provocation. And we should never, never have insisted that every time a vehicle passed on the old dirt road next to the field, you bend over and wiggle your frilly bottom at them. And lad, I assure you, I'd no idea that one of those vehicles would contain your mama and fiancé and that they were hurrying to see you at the seed co-op to relent their decision to eject you from your home and break off your engagement. How it must have broken your heart when they stepped out of the automobile, called you a degenerate, and informed you that neither would ever speak to you again before driving off in a cloud of dust leaving you forever destitute. And lad, forgive me for not untying you from the plow then and there, but there were two and a half acres to go and the land needed tending. Besides, at that point you began to laugh, laugh long and hard, so hard that your shoulders shook and tears fell from your eyes. I realize now that you were probably not laughing with joy, but at the time I thought perhaps you'd recalled a funny joke to cheer yourself up, so me and the other farmers we joined in, laughing just to keep your spirits high. Finally, I, I feel the deepest contrition that we did not give you a ride back to town, or at least a more suitable set of clothes with which to return to your post at the seat co-op. We should never have made you walk all the way back to town in your improbable attire, following you in my pickup and honking all the way. And it was with infinite sorrow that I read in the clarion ledger that two days ago, a young man wearing only rumba panties and Mary Janes tried to rob a bank in Jackson, but that instead of handing the teller a note, he bent over, wiggled his bottom, and shouted, See me do a fanny dance wearing only rumba pants, then fired a pistol into the ceiling and fled without a single dime. Of course, it didn't take the law very long to find you, and now you're in Mississippi State Penitentiary awaiting trial. Oddly enough, that's a prison farm, which means you'd be in your rights to wear overalls. How ironic. Anyway, I am, dearest listeners, one sorrowful fellow, and I vow to make amends, starting with a visit to the jailhouse to make sure the boy's getting on okay. I imagine he'll be overjoyed in his distressed circumstances to see a friendly face from his old hometown. Yes, sir. Well, ladies and gentlemen... Old Farmer Gray is nothing if not as good as his word. As you recall, the former assistant clerk at the Seed Co-op tried to rob a bank while attired in little girl's apparel, the result of a so-called permanent psychotic break, which may or may not have been tangentially related to certain unfortunate events in which yours truly was peripherally involved. Consequently, he remains incarcerated at the state's Bespo Farm Penitentiary. Now, I vowed to visit that young fella just to cheer him up, see, and this very morning I made the long drive to said facility, 
confident that the lad would obtain sanguine inspiration from a familiar face amid his Bastilian confines. "'Well, Farmer Gray,' says he, when at last we faced each other, a plexiglass barrier betwixt us, "'finally we greet one another as equals, for I have been brought so very low, there is nothing more you can do to diminish what was once a radiant young life.' With all potential gone and nothing left to lose, I am no longer subject to your dominion. Why, lad, says I, sensing a modicum of acrimony, you mistook my conation, for I've come to offer succor, not sabotage, and indeed, in no instance were my actions toward you impelled by any but benevolent intentions, for callow youth must submit to their elders' wise counsel, even when such admonitions seem inimical to one's dispositions. Well, sir, the boy was not assuaged. My efforts at reproachment were instead met with insolence. Your fancy allocution can't obscure your pernicious conduct, says he. So why don't you take your stupid overalls, straw hat, and hasty demeanor back to that decrepit acreage you call a farm and... Well, I won't repeat the end of that sentence. I'll say only that I would never breach the honor of any of my farm animals, especially the sheep. Anyway, the boy was clearly intransigent, and there was nothing for it, I realized, but to withdraw and trust that one day Jesus would dwell in that obdurate heart. Before departing, however... I thought to ask that which had been gnawing at me ever since I read about his unsuccessful bank robbery attempt. Tell me, son, says I, did you really try to rob that bank in Jackson, wearing only rumba panties and shiny Mary Jane shoes? The boy grew wide-eyed and for some reason agitated. Shh, he hissed. Quiet down, Farmer Gray. Another prisoner... A big hair-suit gentleman at the next visitor's station turned to look at the boy. "'And did you actually say,' inquired I, "'watch me do a fanny dance wearing only rumba pants?' "'For God's sake,' pleaded the lad, "'keep it down!' "'Well, I couldn't imagine why the youngster seemed so alarmed, "'but I will say that despite his fretful exhortations, "'he soon had reason for optimism.' for his fellow prisoner gave him the nicest, friendliest smile one could imagine and promised to come calling on him later that day. The boy put his face in his hands, obviously overwhelmed at having at last found a friend with whom to share those long hours of incarceration. So I left that place of judicial reclamation, light of heart and relieved in mind that the lad's hardships had indeed been ameliorated. Am I a good farmer? Some would say, but I like to think I'm a better neighbor. Yes, sir. Play me out, Zeke. 